the 4th of July, and so we immediately think of freedom, right? So today, what I want to talk about is one of my favorite life verses. I have a lot of them, but this is one that I will just, as I am going about doing life, I will just declare. <laughs> when I need to declare it, I declare it. And that's Psalm 119, verse 45. And I like it specifically in the NIV. It says, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought your precepts. And so sometimes when I'm feeling it, I will just declare, I will walk about in freedom. It's like a declaration to my soul and to the enemy, I will walk about in freedom. So I say that one quite often. And so this is the verse that I want us to get because I believe we have the choice whether we are going to walk about in liberty and in freedom or in captivity. And so today we are going to be, if you want to start heading there in Matthew chapter 13, we know that freedom in the natural um, often comes at a great cost. We know that it often takes violence to defend that freedom, right? Um, war, we will go to war to defend our freedom, won't we? And so it often takes great violence that we can have that freedom. And it's no different in the spiritual realm. The freedom that we've been singing about today came at a very violent action at great cost. If you think that the, the cross was not a violent action, I don't know what you've been reading or studying, but it was violent it was harsh, and he did it to procure, procure freedom for you and I. And so freedom comes at great cost and takes a lot, oftentimes violence, to make sure we have it. So what I want is to say, okay, how can we walk in that freedom now? He paid for it. He made it happen for us. And now it's our choice if we're going to walk about in freedom or not. And how many of you would say, I want to walk about in freedom, right? Nobody says, I want to walk about in captivity, right? Yeah, I want to walk around with chains around me. No, everybody would say, I want to walk in freedom, okay? But there are things that means, it means that sometimes we have to get even in our personal lives a little violent, Oh, Jesus, I yeah, I love Jesus. I love his brother. And then sometimes I got to get violent with some things to cut off the things that will keep that freedom from my life. So we're going to take a little time here to read in Matthew chapter 13. This is the parable of Jesus. And there's two sections, all right? Are you ready? Here we go. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And the multitudes were gathered to him. And verse 3, he says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. 
But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And this next verse is going to be key. We're going to talk about it in a minute. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, then if we drop down, Jesus explains this parable to us in verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. This is the people, you know, oh, a prophetic evangelist comes through. Yes, the word of the Lord. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful, or another word would be barren. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Amen. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would give us today ears to hear and to understand your word to us that it would be living and active inside of us, accomplishing all that you desire it to accomplish in our hearts and spirits in Jesus' name. Okay, so we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about soil in a moment. But before we do that, I want to spend a moment on the seed because he said the seed is the word of God. Now, seed, we note, is the life is not in the soil of the ground. The life is in the seed, Right? If there's no seed to go in the ground, no life comes up. And so the, the life is in the seed, so the seed is important. And we know from Hebrews 4.12 that this word is living and it is active. It is not a dead thing, but it's something that has this action surrounding it, right? It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. And so we know the word that Jesus is talking about in this parable is this living and active thing. It is the seed. And so it is the seed, the word, that produces. The verse that I just read out of Psalm 119, what does it say? I walk about in freedom, for I have sought your precepts. The, the fruit of the word is the freedom. And it's the, the word that produces the freedom. Okay? And so the word, we need the sower sowing word. 
right? We need him putting it inside of us. And so now we're talking here initially about the gospel of Jesus Christ and those that will receive it and follow him. But we know that it doesn't end there. That all when we say yes to becoming a follower of Jesus, now we live and are governed by his word. And so continually, the word doesn't stop at salvation. It continually is spoken over us and in us the rest of our lives, accomplishing and doing what he wants it to do. And so we continually are needing to have these ears to hear, okay? So the, the sower is sowing the seed, okay? This isn't the focus for today, though. The focus for today is our part in this, and that is the soil. Now, I want us to take a moment, because as I was meditating on this the last couple of, of weeks, I, I came across this understanding of the word hearing. So Jesus, at the end of that parable, said, he who has ears, let him hear. You see this many times throughout Scripture. He who has ears, let him hear. Right? You, you see this all throughout Scripture. And now, for the Jewish people whom Jesus is talking to, they have a little bit different understanding of hearing from what we know, okay? And so I want us to take a look. We're going to go back into some Old Testament teaching just for a moment to give us a perspective on this. Because it, it's good that we are dealing with the soil, but, but there's two parts. There's, there's the, the soil prep, but there's also the hearing side of it. And so we need to be sure we're hearing right. And so for the Jewish people, there's this interesting thing that they have, they do not have a word for obey. It does not have its own word. And so let's take a look back in Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Shema. This is the prayer that the Jewish people pray. And it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Hear, O Israel. Hear. This word here, okay, means shemay. And this word shemay, it means two things, to hear intelligently, which I think is interesting because I, I think when Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear, he's saying, you need to listen intelligently here, <laughs> right? And not just in one ear, yeah, oh, Cammie's up there preaching again today. No, to hear intelligently. The second meaning is to obey, is to obey. So when they, the command, the prayer is, is given, hear, O Israel, they're saying, listen, Israel, obey, Israel. It's one and the same. Now, if you go further into the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, Chapters 27 and 28 are, are talking about the curses of disobedience and the blessing of obedience. 
And so in Deuteronomy 28.1, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. The whole chapter then goes on to talk about the blessings of obedience. But I'm going to stop there because it says, if you diligently obey. What is the word for obey? Shemay. To listen intelligently and to obey. And so when Jesus is talking, what he's wanting us to say, to hear is, when you hear the word of God, this is not just I'm mentally listening, it's I'm hearing the word of God and I'm, I'm obeying. There's no differentiation between the two. It's one and the same. Hear, obey. Hear, obey. If you hear him, you obey him. There's no, well, let me think about that. If he speaks to you, you obey him. Wow. There's no, okay, I'm going to count to 10 now. You're allowed to disobey me for 10 counts. No. Hear and obey. Hear and obey. It's one and the same. And so when we get into talking about the soils, we got to first understand that before we can even talk about that, we got to talk about how to first hear well. And when we are seeking out the word of the Lord, when we are seeking his direction, it is with the purpose of not just hearing and getting goosebumps, it's with the purpose of obeying and following. Amen? He, doesn't, he, he wants us to hear well. He who has ears, let him hear. We know the power of the word and that it's not enough to just hear the word. There has to be the obedience. Before, uh, in our breakfast tables, I was with the youth and we were walking through the rest of Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, but it's powerful. And so we were just reading through it a section at a time saying, how does the author feel about the word of God? And what does the word of God do for him? And if you just read through that and list that as you read through, it's powerful. But there's always activity connected with the hearing. It's not enough to hear. We must obey. One and the same. Everybody say, hear and obey. Hear and obey. Right. Okay. So he who has ears, let him hear. Now, what I want us to get into today is the soil. And yes, I once again will be talking about examples from my garden. I am not a, I'm not a great gardener. I just like to have fun in there. If you want to talk to great gardeners, you go talk to Laverne and you talk to Catherine, and they will give you all kinds of wonderful advice. I don't plant asparagus because Laverne grows amazing asparagus, and I don't plant zucchini because Catherine grows great zucchini. <laughs> let's, let's get into the different soils. There are four different soils here, and the first one is the soil of the wayside that's trampled down. It's basically the path that people are stomping on. 
And when the seed is thrown out onto that path, it sits there. And Jesus said, this is the path, that, this is the soil that the birds of the air come and steal. Now, I have, I'm about to, I think, officially start my own Mr. McGregor fan club. I really am. In the last year, I have become completely in agreement with Mr. McGregor, thinking Peter Rabbit has no business in Mr. McGregor's garden. He gets such a bad rap for wanting to kill off Peter Rabbit and get rid of him. But I'm like, why does he get a bad rap? Peter Rabbit is stealing. And how many of you had the birds of the air come in and steal seed out of your garden? I have. I have. And I have rabbits and I have squirrels. And they are just having a good old time in my garden this year. They've wiped out my beans. They keep digging up my cabbage. <laughs> and the birds sweep in. I see the robins in my garden. You think they're getting the worms, they're getting the seed. And so this, Jesus said, the birds of the air are like Satan. And when the word is given, it's shallow. And it's sitting there. And it's just ripe for the enemy to come in and snatch up and out of us. There in verse, verse 19. Anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown. And so we need to have soil that we don't let just anybody and everybody come and trample down to where... The seed can't get in there. The word can't get in there. And often I think that that happens, especially in social media. We can just, because we, we put our lives out there with, with great freedom, anybody and everybody can come and trample down that, the soil of your heart if you're governed by that. And it makes it very hard then for the word of God to get in and speak to you. Because you've let everybody else trample down the soil and let their words trample down. And so we don't want to have that kind of soil, right? We don't want the enemy coming in and stealing the word that has come to us. So this is the most shallow of the soils. Then he gives the second one, and we're going to spend a little more time in this one. Um, this is the stony ground. And it says, but he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, I think that the stony places are the, heart, are the places of the heart condition. Um, I have in my garden, very, I have a lot of rocks. And I, I think they had used it as parking and laid gravel down. And so the rocks in my garden, they make it very hard for me to grow root vegetables. They don't get real big. And I, I have attempted carrots, and they come out very deformed looking. <laughs> very stunted, very deformed looking. I mean, I guess it still tastes like a carrot, but 
it, it just, it, they don't do well in, in my garden because of all of the rocks in it. And I, I think in the stony ground, there are these heart issues that will create rocks in our hearts, stumbling blocks. And when those stumbling blocks are in our hearts, it means there's not much soil. They, where the rock increases the soil, it pushes the, the good soil out. And so then you attempt to grow things in there, and they just hit the rock. And so I felt specifically two heart issues to address today, one being fear, and the second one being offenses. And these are two heart issues that if they are allowed to remain in the, in the soil of your heart, they will grow and grow and grow and grow. They don't just stay, get in there and stay little. They get big. As soon as you let a little snippet of fear in, it will mushroom like nobody's business. And suddenly, a spirit of fear is now living and dwelling in your heart. And it has consumed it, and there's no good soil. The word of the Lord will come to you, but the fear is, leaves no room for it to take root inside of you. And so you got to deal with the fear. The, the Lord has not given us. That's where you declare the word of God and say the spirit of the Lord. Is, he has not given us a spirit of fear. Power, love, and sound mind. And so there's only one way to get rid of fear. Number one is to submit to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't need to fear. He is my shepherd, and he leads wherever he wants me to go. And so there's no room for a spirit of fear when I'm following the shepherd. And so it's submitting to his will and getting rid of the fear. The second stone that I want us to address today and this is, I, I feel like, the heart of, of this soil that I want to talk about is offense. I, I'll confess that oftentimes when I have to go about saying, I will walk about in freedom, is when I have offense in my heart. It, it's when I can feel that thing coming in me and wanting to linger and I have to say, no, I will walk about in freedom. Because I decided years ago, I will live unoffended. I will live unoffended. Does that mean I don't get offended? No, it does not. But it means I will live unoffended. Now, when I say this, I'm, you know, there's all kinds of opportunity for offense. And my nature, my personality is one that would, you know, I, I, I've said it before, if I were not a follower of Jesus, I don't really think I would be a nice person. <laughs> I just don't think I would be. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> He's in agreement with me. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you don't think, okay, okay, I gotcha. He's disagreeing with me. No, I do, I think I would be a, not a nice person. I mean, even, even, you know, the minor things in life that can offend us, like I get offended when I'm driving, and I'll tell you, if any of you are people 
You know, we're all summertime, and we have road construction everywhere. And so they, what do they do? They merge you into one lane. So I am in the lane, and then there go the cutters. I'm like, excuse me, you think I've been waiting in this line for the fun of it? And now you're just driving on down to get to the front of the line? So if that is any of you, yes, I have been offended by you. Do not be a cutter. Wait your turn. <laughs> Thank you. I feel validated right now. Darren sits in the car and says, you just need to relax. <laughs> like, what do you mean relax? They're cutting. You just need to relax. Oh, he, do he does. He tells me that a lot. Go back to sleep. <laughs> and then uh, the grocery line, you know, when I'm in the quick checkout of 12 items or less, and somebody comes along with 25 items, I'm like, what, do you think you're special? You get to go in with 25 while I wait with my 12? Darren, relax, just relax. So I, this is what I'm saying, I would be, these are just minor things, right? <laughs> So I'm saying, without Jesus, I'm just saying, what are you laughing at down there in the front row? He's laughing at me. These are minor things in life. But then there come the big things. And, and you will be offended. You will be wounded. You will be wounded by people in the body of Christ. We talked about that when I preached on the community of Christ, so I don't want to rehash it, but it is impossible to live this life and not get offended. And a lot of times you are justified in your offense. But there's this prayer that I pray every morning on my way to work, and it's forgive, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. And I pray that every morning. And I pray that. And then there comes a moment when, and I'll tell you, it just happened this week. The thing about these type of larger offenses is that they can kind of creep up on you. And what will happen for me is I will start to become very easily irritated. I will lose my joy. And it's often associated with offense. And when I get those triggers... I know I need to do a heart check. And so this week, I, I was just I going, I, you'll hear more about my week. But in this case, I just confessed to the Lord outright. I said, Lord, these people are irritating me. I'm offended. I, I just, I, I had to say it out loud, too, when I deal with offense that comes to me. I have to say it out loud to the Lord. Lord, I'm offended. I'm offended. But I've decided I'm going to live an unoffended life. And so I need you to speak your word to me. And I promise you, every single time I have made that declaration, Lord, I am offended, speak your word to me. Every time, immediately, it's never one of these where I have to kind of 
dwell on it for days. Always, as soon as I confess it, and as soon as I ask for him to speak his word to me, immediately he always will drop the word into my heart. And I tell you, the word is never about the other person. The, the word is always about my perspective. And every time he speaks the word, the chain of the offense breaks off. Every time. It's phenomenal. And so I've decided in life, I refuse to walk with the fence. I will walk about in freedom because I know what happens with the fence. It gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And it pushes out the good soil and leaves no room for the word of God in my life. And then I receive the word of God that allows me to deal with the offense and it is gone. It is gone. The word brings freedom. But always I have to come to the place of admission I'm offended. And when I make that declaration of offense, what I'm, I'm also doing is, is saying, God, I may have reason to be offended, but it, it, Jesus had reason to be offended when he was hanging on the cross and he looked out upon the people and he said, Father, forgive them. And I cannot claim to be a follower of Jesus and not strive to walk in accordance with him. And so if he can look out upon the people that crucified him and say, Father, forgive them, it means that he expects no less from me. And so when I make that declaration, Lord, I'm offended. I'm offended. I'm just saying, God, here I am. I'm wounded. And I may even have reason, but you know, your power of forgiveness has been given to me as a gift. And I have the choice of, of utilizing that gift or hanging on to my offense. And it's solely up to me. And so in that moment, what am I saying? I'm getting rid of the rocks of my soil. When I say, I, I'm offended, Lord, speak your word to me. What I'm saying is, uh, Lord, get these stones out of my heart. I don't want them anymore. I don't want it. And as soon as I do, every time, joy is restored to me. Joy is restored to me. And so these two things, fear and offense, they will cause you to stumble every time. And they will push out anything good that will allow the word of God to get rooted in your life. In fact, it says in uh, Isaiah 62, pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones. Remove the stones. And this is a reference to the people of God returning from Babylon. And, and there's, some, there's some debate with, the, with the, the commentaries as to whether, is this passing through the gates of Babylon out, or is this passing through the gates of Zion? I'm like, whatever. i got to come out of the gates of captivity, and i got to go into Zion. So I'll pass through them all. But the heart of this is, Remove the stones that are stumbling blocks and make it easy for them to come out of their captivity. The Lord wants to make it easy for us to be in good soil, 
And so he says, remove all the stones that are getting in your way. And so in our time of communion, we're going to be taking time to get rid of any of those stones. And so I'm praying that as we are reading through the word, that he's causing things to come to the surface, maybe, that are deep-bedded stones that need to be removed. He also goes on to say in regards to the stony ground that when tribulation or pressure or persecution comes because of the word, it will cause you to stumble. And often we receive the word with great joy and we feel good when we receive the joy of, of the word. But there is truth that when God gives his word to you, that the enemy will come against you, against the word in your life, bring persecution and tribulation. And in fact, about two weeks ago, I was getting ready for bed, and the Lord just, I hadn't even been praying about this issue, but just a, a personal family issue. And the Lord just out of the blue dropped a word into my heart about it. And I received it with great joy. It was a very encouraging thing and gave me the scripture that went with that. A few days later, uh, a pastor friend of Darren's in Texas called and said, um, at 3 a.m., the Lord began to speak to me about this situation, and and I want to share this word that he gave. Uh, it was in complete agreement with what I, the Lord had spoken to me personally. And in fact, it had the word suddenly in it. I said, yes. We're in a season of suddenly. I'll take a suddenly. And so this was a wonderful word that the Lord deposited into my heart. And on top of, so this was just in the last week. And then on top of it this week, um, after two years of just feeling the direction of the Lord um, for me personally um, to enter a graduate program at Trinity Bible College, I've been meditating on that, and I felt here in May, the Lord say, now's the time. You need to do this. And, and so I had to, I like waited till like the, the deadline day. And, and that, that day, and the day, couple of days surrounding it, I had so much um, warfare in my spirit. And, and then I found out, oh, I have until midnight to submit this. Um, so I went to Petersburg, and we did our service. I'm like, okay, I'll do it maybe when I get back. <laughs> and I think it was at 10.30 that I hit the final submission button. And I tell you what, this week was, and, and I didn't even really share with my family, but I, I really had so much warfare surrounding both the, the word for our family and this word of direction from the Lord. And I had so much fear, and, and it even began to um, strike against my identity in Christ and, and, and self-worth in him. And I, I tell you, it was hard. When I, when I first had felt both the word of direction and the, and the word, you know, of encouragement, I was like, yes, Lord, I received it with joy. But when it comes to walking out the word... This is where it can get very warfare-like because the enemy brings trial and tribulation when he gives a word to you. And everything in me wanted to draw back this week. 
then I started hearing that I'm like, no, to listen is to obey. To listen is to obey. And it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter how it costs me. To listen is to obey. And I don't have to understand. I don't have to figure it out. I have to listen and I have to obey. And so do not be discouraged. This is what I want you to hear. When God speaks his word to you, whatever it is, and then things get difficult, because they most likely will, any seasoned believer will tell you this. It will make you want to draw back for a false sense of peace. And I felt that. I'm not kidding you. I was hovering over the submit button. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, Alexandra obviously is pushing me in this. And, and she wasn't here. She was off. I couldn't even text her. She was off in no man's land camping. And so I was left to my own device in this because she'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have encouraged me. But no, I didn't have her. And so I'm hovering over submit. Like, and the fear that was coming up inside of me was so intense. I mean, this might seem little to you, but it felt very demonic to me, the attack I was feeling. And so it took this moment of great faith to push that button. When he calls, when he speaks the word and gives you direction or calls you to something, the enemy's going to, he doesn't want you to walk into God's plans for your future and the purposes he has for you. And so he brings tribulation and hardship to try to get you to come back, pull back. It would have been much easier to not submit that and to go on my merry way and feel at peace. <sighs> and I felt that in that moment. Do you want false peace or do you want to follow Jesus? And I want to follow Jesus. False peace is not peace. And instead I would have exchanged it for probably a life of regret over not obeying Jesus. And so the stony ground is ground that tries to push out any room for the word of God to get rooted inside of you. And we've got to choose. I feel like this ground is a ground that has a choice that we can make in getting rid of it, really, and getting rid of the stuff that blocks this third area is the area of the thorny ground. And this is, but seek, um, I'll read that in a minute. Let's go and reread that real quick. Um, the one he received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Okay, so this if you think of the word cares, you can also use the word anxiety. And I thought that was a good word for us to use because it's a word that flies around our culture, anxiety. And so the word comes and the thorns come up and we want to, there's this wanting in our heart to embrace the word and follow it. But then, and, it, and we do here on Sunday morning. And then Monday morning we awaken and we're confronted with the cares of this world and even the desires for the things of this world. And those things can begin to choke out that word you just received. 
And so in the moment with the thorny ground, to me, this is a real issue of lordship. This is an issue of who or what is going to be lord of your life. When the word comes to you and you have to obey it, then that would become the, the lordship of your life. If you forsake it for the cares of this world, the pursuit of riches, the pursuit of, of even wanting to do it my way, and the desires of my heart. I have all kinds of desires that if I were not called into ministry, I would be doing. I would be off somewhere on a homestead in a beautiful place with hills. I would be in Tennessee. You missed my beginning about Tennessee. Next week, we're praying over Brian and Linda and Austin as they are leaving us for the glories of Tennessee. If I were not called to ministry, I would, you know, I'd be doing all kinds of stuff, but I'm not. And so I can't let the cares of this world choke out what he has planned for me. And so this one to me is very simple. Who's Lord of your life? What is Lord of your life? And have you aligned your life to it? So this one could really be a, a change of alignment even. Submitting to what he has put inside of you in his word. And not submitting to all of the surrounding stuff that is calling to you and, call, and pulling at you. All right. The last area is the good soil. The good soil. Okay, how do you have good soil? I'll tell you. Remove all of the previous is a good start. Right? Get rid of the thorns, get rid of the stones, you know, turn up the soil a bit to prepare the heart. So do all of those things first, and it will greatly help the soil of your life. And then we know that with soil, we often have to feed it, right? Have to feed the soil. Brian just told me, uh, he went, to, Brian Rage went to Petersburg. I said, there's something digging up all the pots in my yard, they're digging in my flower pots. It's irritating me to no end. <laughs> this is outside of the garden. These are my flower pots, and they'll come out, and big chunks of, like, dirt have been flown out of there. Half the dirt's gone. I'm like, what is getting in there? Are squirrels burying nuts? And Brian said, no, the raccoons. There's, there's fish stuff in your dirt, and they, they are going after it. Why? Because what do we do? We put stuff in the soil to feed it and, and make it grow. Now, I've said I'm not a professional farmer. I'm not a professional gardener. I just know there's a few, so I, and I don't spend, a, I, I mean, I don't have time or energy to really do it right. And so I have gone to, um, there's a, a film of a, of a gardener out in, I believe, Washington. And you may have heard of it. It's called Back to Eden Garden. And, and his, he's a believer, and I think I'm attracted to it because of, of how it really portrays the gospel. And I, I love any time nature and the gospel, you know, work together like that. And so he um, uses basically mulch and covers all of his gardens. And he, he compares that to the covering of Christ, that underneath then it protects the soil, it keeps moisture in, and, and then it begins to feed it and fertilize it, and he doesn't have to do much. 
And so I adopted that in my garden. I'm like, I don't have a lot of time to weed. And so every year, Darren goes and gets me truckloads of wood mulch, and I put it in my garden. And, and it has greatly, I still have weeds to pull, but it has greatly increased um, the, the soil because it does protect it. But also, the, over the last few years, the wood chips have broken down into my soil. And, it, and so it's, it's greatly increased, it, and it's made it very easy when I do have weeds. They, I just, they get pulled right out very easily. And so there's, there's these things that we do. We cover it. We feed it for good soil. And so when we're talking about the good soil for us, well, how do I, how do I feed my good soil? How do I make sure my heart is full of this environment of soil so that when God speaks his word, it begins to grow roots and thrive and produce fruit so that I'm not barren. Because what does it say it produces, the good soil? It produces 160 and some 30. I would take any of them, right? Multiplication. You plant one seed and out produces a plant with then hundreds of more seeds. This is the way the word of God works when it's in good soil. And so we got to get the soil good. So we've done all of these things, and now we got to feed it, and we've got to make sure it stays moist and fed so that at any time God can deposit the word and it can grow and bear fruit. And so... Things that we do to feed the soil, we worship. And as I worship the Spirit of God in his presence, we were created to abide with him and he in us. And so in his presence, it says that the river of God, wherever it flows, there is life. And so wherever his presence is, there is life. And so as I allow and as I foster a lifestyle of his presence, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, as I foster an environment of worship where his presence is welcome, then your soil will be good. Your soil will be good. And when we trust in the precious blood of Jesus as our covering... There's this protection for the soil that comes. So that when, and in that protection is when he begins to deal with anything that might try, enemy might try to come in and plant stuff. You know, I find it interesting. He, he steals the seed, right? But he also likes to plant seed of his own. And I tell you, his seed will grow anywhere. His seed will grow in the stony ground. I mean, I'm not kidding. You, 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 uh, I'll weed the garden, and the next day, where did all these weeds come from? It doesn't take anything for the weeds to grow. So he'll come and scatter weeds. And so the, the covering of Jesus Christ, so that when the enemy tries to sow his seed, ah, no, wait a minute, this ground is covered by the blood of Christ. No seeds of the enemy are welcome here. They cannot survive the environment of soil that you have created. Only the good seed is able to thrive in this place. 
And so I'm going to ask if the worship team would come this morning. If you did not receive communion, we have some back there at the back table. But our time of conclusion today is going to be around the table of the Lord. Because every one of us should be responding to this in some way. And Jesus said, however often you do this, so we can do it as often as we want. It doesn't have to be the fourth Sunday of every month. He also said you need to examine your heart when you come to the table of the Lord. And so today is really about heart examination because this is the place where we, we need to have a good environment so the seed can grow. And so in a moment, the team is going to lead us in just a, a song of worship. And as they are doing that, before we take communion, I want you just to, before the Lord, ask him to search your heart And just see, Lord, are there any seeds that are growing that should not be? Are there any rocks that are present that should not be? And it's at the the cross and resurrection of Jesus that these things are dealt with. It's, it's It's at the cross where we lay down all of the the sin, all of the things that are are cluttering up our soil and we're getting rid of it. And you know, I can look out over the surface of my garden and all can appear well and then I'll go dig in a corner and like shards of glass will come up, garbage will come up that I didn't even know was there. And so in these moments where we worship for a moment, I want you just to ask Holy Spirit to search your heart, your mind, your spirit, and ask, Lord, is there anything that needs to get tossed out? Anything that needs to get tossed out and make room for your word in our lives? And so Jesus, right now, we just say our hearts are open to you. Would you come and would you walk in the midst of them? Would you walk among our hearts? Would you search out our hearts? We just say there's no closed doors to you right now in our hearts. There's no closets that we're saying don't open that door because everything might come falling out. No, we're, we're saying every door right now is open to you, Jesus, to walk through. And so we invite you to come in to our midst and begin just to put your finger on these areas that are getting in the way of what you want to do through your word. In Jesus' name, let's worship for a moment and you just pray through before we partake of communion together.